You are listening to the Firecracker Podcast with Tony Rico. All right. Special day for us here at Firecracker hmm. Town. Mike, last time I got you in here and I felt like I kind of hit yeah, you, you pulled out of the field. Yeah, I know, you know, and, and uh, I, I went back that. and forth <laughs> and, and neither will yes. I. But gosh, uh, awesome to have. So we've got Mike Stith, uh, president of the Batbusters, with us in the studio today and if I think of what it took for this to happen <laughs> and kind of the, the roads that we've both been on. Yeah. And this really is a special day for me because um, I, I try to grow as a person yep. and try to preach those things. So what did it take for us to get in the same room and be able to just kind of talk about where we're at? So really, really, really glad to have you here. But Thanks, Tony. And it, it just comes down to doing more things together, finding out, you know, they do look at things similarly. Um, right. You know, how to hold a glove or how to move your feet is one thing, but how to deal with people and treat people, that's... A, that's, that's There's a story crazy. here. Yeah. 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 And if it's entertaining, listen. And yeah. if not, turn it off, go to the fridge, make yourself a sandwich, go, go watch some television or something yeah. about that. Yeah. But appreciate you coming down. I wanted to kind of go through a little bit of history and then kind of really what it's about is is the future, you know, and some, some ideas that you and I have been sharing and kind of the process of our relationship. But, you know, for a lot of people, like my relationship goes back and uh, I think my first experience was uh, an exit from Nationals and Myriad. I don't know if we played each other before then. But you were with Tough Enough yep. back then. So yep. how'd you get, I'd say, how'd you get sucked in? So we have daughters, so is that <laughs> yes. the obvious? Yeah. I, like most, I, uh, it, it was funny. I spoke at the NFCA convention up in Portland last week, and one of my subjects was creating your, your coaching path from the uh, Little League to the MPF and uh, went through my daughters and doing all that stuff. I was a dad just like most people. You and know? it starts like that for so many coaches. Yeah. Um, and you get sucked in. Uh, my dad was president of Whittier Girls Softball back in the 70s, so I, I grew up on the softball field. And and you had football background? Uh, yeah. Yep. So, I was a high school football coach, played football at uh, St. Paul High School mm-hmm. locally here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's where I developed my intensity, my colorful language yeah. at times, yeah. and my f- focus to Well, detail. and I want to get back to that because yeah. – because one of the things that I think for you as well to empower our coaches in an organization and really all people is to how to show them how to have success because mm-hmm. you fast forwarded a lot. And mm-hmm. we see a lot of coaches that are ambitious and they want certain things, but you know, getting there is another thing. So, yeah. so, okay. So, so your oldest daughter wants to play yeah. uh, softball and here yeah. you go and, yeah. and boom, boom. And now it's, well, when I was coaching at St. Paul, we, I had my first daughter and my wife told me that, uh, this football stuff isn't going to work out. That was the day when you'd uh, you'd get paid six hundred dollars to work from April until Christmas, and you know you were right. supposed to be happy with that, right? Right. Um, and that wasn't going to work. We worked eighteen hours a day, never stopped. We right. were very successful, but uh, um, reality sets in. So right. So when Deanna had mentioned that to you, yeah. did you kind of yeah yeah or or usually no, when just, she speaks, you're like okay. Well, you have a relationship with your wife. It it it, it goes beyond you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it my way. Well, no, at a certain point you 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 plus you see the value and right. going to softball was not going into foreign territory. It wasn't like I was going to do piano lessons or something. Right. Um, I was very familiar with what I was doing. Right. Um, it was in a similar field, um, coaching, and you know, and I loved my kids. I mean, they, we had a good time doing it. So, what did you think when you started coaching softball? What what, what was your impressions? Were you like, you know, well, my first. Impression was I'm in the draft my first year. I have an eight and under team, and I got Napoleon Sparks and Mike Smith in there telling me to take these kids, and they didn't give me any pitching. They, you know, I had to draft kids that didn't know how to play, and we lost every game that year. But I, what, I, about See, halfway, people need to hear they, they, this. They, they, I love it. Yeah. Um, and, and for people that don't know, Nap and, and Mike Smith ran crunch, very successful. Nap was yeah, somebody I sure. looked up to when I came through this. I, I watched his teams, they were very good. 
But uh, um, you figure out. So halfway through the year, when we're like 0-8, I'm looking around. I'm going, okay, I got to get a pitcher. <laughs> so I went and I watched the ten and unders. I watched the nine year old pitchers in the ten and unders. I right. f- and I befriended a mom who look, look um, had the pitcher, and we won every game the next year. <laughs> Are you guys listening out there? All right, you coaches. I mean, that's a, that's that's a common starting point for a lot of people. Sure, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you mentioned eight and under draft, and, yeah, yeah, you know, crazy. The, but it, it's reality. And uh, it, it, but here again, you know, we don't change. We just. We evolved, but we don't really right. change too much. Right. We are who we are. Well, that common denominator, like how many how many players? When I when I ask players on our team now, how many of you pitched at ten and under? Uh, all how of many them. played shortstop? Yeah. So they're all you know they all warm up like pitchers before the, before yeah. a practice anyway. Yeah. So yes. it's it's really the evolution, but the common denominator. And I think again, part of that story is so great for coaches to hear. It's like what you. Still yeah. on 0 and 8, like he's, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So y'all, you know, I think this is a great sport, the baseball, softball, for anybody that uh, has. Uh, an adequate or an abundance amount of self-confidence because we can just sit back and go, we don't need to humble them. It's, yeah. it's a, the game's going to do it eventually. Yeah. It does take it, care of itself. Because it happens to everybody. Yeah. Right? Yes, it does. So uh, coached your daughter's coming yeah. up. And yeah. then when did Travel Ball enter? Um, like many, we had a very successful all-star run. Um, I had a young team in 10 and under. And I back then, ten and under travel wasn't a big deal. There wasn't any ASA sanctioned events or anything for ten and under, which I thought was good. Um, I still don't know if it's a good idea, but um, we did the ten and under all star game. And and I will tell everybody the first my first ten and under all star team, the first tournament we played was at a park in Chino. And my first opponent was Corona All-Stars, coached by Marty Tyson. Get out of here. Marty and I coached the first All-Star <laughs> game against each other, and the screaming and yelling and the, the, the craziness oh that you can gosh. imagine. It was, it was both of us going head-to-head, and that hasn't changed a bit. It has not changed a I would, bit. I would pay-per-view pay for that to watch it that. It was classic. And then he, he separated, did the same thing I did. He formed a team called Gold Rush, and then um, I formed Tough Enough, based off the nucleus of that all-star team. So this is 90... This was about 95, 95, okay. right in there. So you formed <clears throat> Tough Enough. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So any other coaches help you start that? Was it your yeah. family? Was that... Well, Daryl Pratt, who was my dad's really good friend from Whittier Girls Softball, they had coached together for years. His granddaughter was coming through the system, Brittany Pudich. And um, it was just a natural fit. And what was really good, I didn't know this at the time, when Daryl was with me, obviously he was um, my, a good friend of my dad. He taught me a lot. You know, I came off the football field and I, you know, I was known for throwing equipment, screaming and yelling, and, and I did my share of that. I had somebody that was always looking over my shoulder telling me, like, he never did it on the field in front of people, but he would, uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Hey, Mike, you can't, you can't do that. And little did I know at that time, he allowed me to reflect. So it allowed me to step back and sometimes I would say things and it, it gave me a sense of uh, self-awareness. Like you, you pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. And so give me a ballpark a age for you about, about I'm 56. Time. No, but when At this was time, taking place. 30, 35. Yeah. Cause this is important. I think for our coaches, Yeah, because I, I talked to them about the transition of your mindset when you're a combat yeah. soldier and you want to do all the fighting yeah. and you're ready. And then all of a sudden you look like Fred Sanford, uh, you know, you're the old guy you want to, and there's this transition, <laughs> do they even because, know Fred Sanford you know, is? well, so for three of you, yeah, cause we're older than now yeah. most of the parents that, we, yeah. that are on our teams. But, uh, that's important to understand that because, you know, even players, like they, they may hear things from us and you don't get it when you're younger. No. Later on no. down the road, you, you kind of realize what happened. But to our coaches, I want them to understand that too, because I, I talk about checks and balances in the dugout. 
Like who, who can check you? Yeah. Who can you trust when they say, Hey, so if your wife can say in the car, Hey, that's enough, you know, your honor enough or in the dugouts, like, Hey, 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 I, I, I had a defining moment like that. And I think that's important, yeah. you know, because it definitely factors into a better balance later on down the road. I had uh, Danny Murakami. Danny is still coaching. He's with the, the, uh, the, I believe the Irvine sting. Uh, he helps with them at times. Mm-hmm. He was another guy that, uh, you know, uh, from a deep Japanese culture, uh, very respectful person, um, taught me a lot. There was, I was lucky to have people around me that, that kind of kept me in check a little bit and, and helped me grow. So really it was a important. big deal. Yeah, yeah. And I think they need to be, know that they're part of that story and evolution as well, because yeah. my gosh, I'm, I tell yeah. our coaches, if I can do this, every single one of you can. Pretty much. Like there's yeah. nothing, yeah. there's nothing, it's, you know, yeah. whatever. So real quick with this, it may, I, I thought of this. That intensity intensity that leads teams, so whether you're a quarterback or yeah. whether you're a coach, and I try to explain people, explain to people, it's like uh, you read a John Wooden book, and it's not about his plays yeah. and his playing intensity. They're really Never. about the values and principles of how yeah. he lived life. But if you see a, a footage of him coaching and kind yeah. of how he was in that moment, and it's really the top and bottom layer that he creates with his players. So it's not always just about that high end intensity of in the moment, but Part of going somewhere where people have never been before, you need someone to take you there. And so being that person, I always laugh when I think of like Reggie Jackson comments, you know, when he, he says something like, hey, I, I didn't ask to be this great. Yeah. I am. Yeah. So it's my responsibility to, you know, and, True. and there's certain responsibilities of leaders and there's certain responsibilities of, you know, so many programs have uh, that person, whether it's that guy or mm-hmm. that woman, but that person that kind of is on the horse and kind of, you know, carries the the flag. And I think that's important because um, that's how you get places you've never been before. And so that was always, to me, a signature of your coaching. You did things and got places and, and won at a level most people weren't. Mm-hmm. And our responsibility is to make sure that our players and families understand the balance of it because you, you can't be a Navy SEAL soldier with the, the light training. I no. mean, and it's rough. It's tough in our dugouts. Yeah. But that's part of why our teams have got there. So Marty, a lot of these coaches, there's, there's that edge. And part of the message that I think we need to share, Mike, is, is to tell these kids and parents, don't take that personal. No, don't no. take it personal. Don't, no. don't, don't, don't put us, uh, I, I know you're in our hands, mm-hmm. but don't give us the power and responsibility to affect your emotions when that could be a, sometimes just a, a personality defect on our end of it. I sure. mean, that, that's really important. Don't take your coach as personal because as soon as I ask a player, do you think he meant it personally? You think he doesn't like you? Yeah. Do you think he goes home and he has this disdain or he just, no. Mm. If anything, if you ask him after practice, like, uh, you know, why did you say that? Or I appreciate if you don't yell at me and call me an, an idiot yeah. in front of the team. Yeah. Most of the time, well, all the time, we feel bad afterwards. Go, no, no, no. You know, teaching moment, whatever it was. But I think that's important for people to understand because I think sometimes they interpret it as we're not approachable or we're not this. Now in the moment, we're doing our stuff. But I think that's important because, uh, don't shy away from that players. A lot of times in, in the top college programs, you're going to have a lot of that too. And learn to assimilate. You you learn as you go, obviously, like anything. It's funny, you know, we just got through the Super Bowl and watching Belichick. Um, he has grandkids up on the, you know, read a book about him when he was at Cleveland. Um, he was a jerk. He, he, I don't know if he still is. I'm sure he is. He has some hard edges now, but these people evolve. And, and I think it's your responsibility. Yeah, these parents, um, I always tell the kids, if, if, if I don't like you, 
I won't say anything to you if right. the, the person I'm pounding and screaming at, they're the ones that I have the affection for. They're right. the ones that I think that there's something there that you want to bring out of them. And, and uh, it's hard for them to relate to that because the parents get so overwhelmed yeah. with, you know, well, the, man, he, you know, he, he benched her. He pulled her out of the game. Well, yeah, because there's something there. Yeah. There's a reason. And for there's it. times we have to make decisions. Yeah. Look, if you're a firefighter, and you can't get the hose hooked up to the truck. It's yeah. not time to worry about your how you did on the last test, man. No. We got we got something we got to do right <laughs> exactly. now. I think that's what what sports are good for as well, which is why our, I think our players have that higher level of value to who yeah, they absolutely. work for later on later on down the road. So so how did how did the Batbuster uh, when you when you joined the Batbusters how did that come about? Interesting story that it, in that time frame was about very what common. Um, well, I can tell you after two thousand one um, when we played in Marietta. Um, Gary Henning, uh, which was typical back then. And I look at it now, I was very bitter at that time. Um, I had Dominique Lestraps and Candace Baker and some of these kids that were just great players. And they moved on to the Batbusters and Gordon's Panthers um, took a couple players. And, and it was very typical. The dad coming up with a good team, they would just got picked apart. And I was bitter at the time. And at, at that time... So that happened to you too? Yeah. And so I had, I had my daughter and, and, you know, nonetheless, I'm coaching this team. I got to take care of my kid. So, um, I, I coached with uh, the cruisers for a couple of years to make sure Kristen had a place to play and was in a competitive environment and learned a lot of things, um, from Mel and Dean and Ron. We had a great staff we had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Those Dean guys had a are, great mind. Um, has. and Dean is, uh, you know, they just wear you out. We would practice for six, seven hours and just, and just go, go, go. They're all uh, high end people. And, and I learned a lot, but it, I learned a different viewpoint of things. Um, when I was at nationals, um, in what, 2004, 2003, um, I believe you guys were playing Gary late in the tournament, I think almost mm -hmm. at the end, maybe in the finals or something like Oregon. that. And, we had gotten beat, um, and I'm driving. I drove to Oregon that year. I'll never forget why I did that. I have no idea, but I drove, and I'm driving home, and um, my phone rings, and it was uh, it was Dave Lestraps called me. He goes, "Hey, Gary wants to talk to you when he he you get back home." Said, okay, so that was in 2003 at Nationals. We spoke, um, got together, and the only thing Gary ever told me that I can remember that was definitive was, Mike, I don't want you yelling at the players. And I thought, okay. Um, but what, here again, little did I know at that time, his, he taught me how it's not always what you say, it's what you do. And it's, you know, that, that oddity, you know, you and I know Gary very well and, and how he did things. And there's always things you, like, you kind of shake your head or wince at, kind of like, hmm, what, what, why did he do that? And, but yet you learn how to um, learn how to back out, look at things differently. You know, when you're looking at the box right in front of you, look at it from the side and see what you can see over there. And, and, that's and his expression was really inward. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're outward, we're, we're yeah. kind of out there and expressive, but, you know, the way he carries himself is close to dominant. Yeah. Like you, if you watch them in a day, they, they, they saunter, they do they a certain thing, and they're that. not up yeah. and down all yeah. over the place. So yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to, watch them coach and tell how they're feeling or where they're winning. It's pretty much the same thing. So yeah. and, and what, what was he looking for you to do? Because I, right there, I give him credit for not having to be the guy. Was he looking already for a transition? Was he, what I, was, I really don't think so at the time. I think that he it liked evolved. what he saw from you. And I, you know, he knew over, we were actually going to merge our teams um, at, in 2000. 
Um, then there was some parent conflict, and he decided not to do it. But uh, when we had just won 16 and under, he was there in Midland, Texas, standing in the outfield. We were just going to put the teams together at that time. And uh, there were some things that came up with some of the parents and issues that come up all the time. Chose not to do it. And so we had communicated. We, we, we knew each other well. We used to scrimmage him. When I was 16 and he had Kara Grohl, and those guys, we used to go and scrimmage him. Wow, I mean, yeah. because we can compete a little right. bit. Right. And it was a good practice game instead of going to play one of the other 18 and under teams. But uh, it, it just evolved. Um, I, I went and worked. I was just the guy hitting balls and, and you know, grinding at practice and doing things. And little did I know at that time, this was in the birth of, you know, uh, Surf City tournaments, the PGF. Um, I was a, I was deeply involved with our team, helping Gary run the team. And you know, it was Gary's team. I wasn't there to make decisions or say anything. I just kind of made. I was the warrior, and right, I was right. a soldier, and I did it. And and so, what were you in it for when you when you joined? What were you? You know, what? did you know, or or just trying to do the right thing? The right thing, right? Like um, a lot, like we see a lot of teams right now when they are looking at organizations. Look, I when I'm not making them. I've got to do the right thing for my team. I got the yeah. right dude for. I don't even know what that is. Well, I got to do something. I, I gotta, think that Gary. Um, Gary, I was just working. I wanted to work to make the team better. And that's all Gary's motive was. He wanted a coach there to to coach the players to be better. Right. We didn't have any imagination that this was going to turn into some great thing. I mean, we worked for free. Um, all these guys now, they, you know, they all want to run their team and they have want to have a friendly where they make some money on the weekends and stuff like that. I, I never did that. I, I, right. I, I grinded. I used right. to do right. camps. Gary and right. I would do camps in Colorado and we didn't make a dime. Right. <laughs> we right. just, right. we just did it. Right. You know? Right. And that's back when, when it wasn't really a sports business, no. there weren't what the softball economy wasn't as thriving as no. it is now. No. Uh, you know, that, I think that around that time, say 2003, 2004 is, is, was that next step of evolution for the sport. So you yeah. look at the college world series and the next few years after that, the coverage started changing, started magnifying the ESPN coverage started and really the ratings, everything started to blow up. That's when they started to expand the stadium. So, yeah. you know, to be a part of that, you know, I, I, I think back to the, the generation of players that we coached in the nineties. And so you think about the Watleys, the Newmans, and a lot of those, they were a league of their own for kind of what happened with the evolution of sports. So there's that original league of their own and yeah. what happened in the 40s. But I really look at the group of players that they set standards. And we just did a podcast with Amanda and, and uh, Mel Roth was in here. But they set standards at every level they went to. They went into high school and set standards. Mm -hmm. They went into college, set standards. They went to the Olympic team and set standards. And they really were in a league of their own. And they kind of came up and they changed a certain dynamic. And then watching Lisa Fernandez kind of carry everything on her shoulders. But 2003, 2004, 2005, to be part of that change for us and not knowing what was happening, not knowing. You're kind of noticing things around. But that we didn't, we didn't kids, think outside the box or think as businessmen. No, no, not at all. And, and what's interesting is that group of kids was very dynamic in – in how they were right at the beginning when they came through the college system, you know, in 2009, 10, 11, and 12, that's when everything just exploded. And, mm -hmm. and I put a lot of uh, appreciation into, you know, with our group, we had Katie Schroeder and Monica Harrison and Dre Harrison and Brittany Lestraps and Donna Kerr. We had some great kids, Francesca and Nea. You look at all these people, how successful they are now yeah. away. You know, Brittany Lestraps is on a football staff at, at Washington State. So be, these people do things that most people didn't, but they were at the beginning of this thing really right. explode. And I, I, I always, I'll always appreciate Gary for, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> I didn't get paid and I didn't do anything. I, I did what I thought was right, like you said. But I was grinding. I, I, I fed off of the work that those kids were willing to put into right. it. And I always appreciate from Gary allowing me to do that because this is what has 
this yeah. was the foundation yeah. of what we yeah. built. And I think that's, a, again, an important part of our story. So yeah. I, I don't do any public uh, appearances where I don't mention Gary Ward. I don't mention yeah. when someone says I'm the founder of the, ba- uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm the founder of the firecrackers. I'm like, whoa, 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 yeah. I'm the president. But let's, let's, yeah. that, that, that brick yeah. still needs to be acknowledged more. And not that they want it and they don't want it, but yeah. it, it's an important part of the story of the brand because the brand has developed to the point it is right now. And I think that's important that we don't forget kind of the, the inception of that. So let's go back to 2006, 2007. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Well, we got an education from Gary in 2003, winner's bracket final in Oregon. So now we get to the final game against you guys. And I'm going to assume this about you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. And, and I mean this respectfully. Uh-huh. I, it, it's not easy to I'm, – I'm not easily impressed. And um, I, I respect everyone that we coach against. Yeah. But there's, there's – sometimes it's a head nod. Sometimes it's a look. But that's one of the first times I remember – and so before we started recording today, I, I, I mentioned to you, like, sometimes it's just that a guy's not a dick <laughs> or to put it professionally, you know, you know he's yeah. more, has a more professional approach, but yeah. it, it might've been a nod or one of those things. Or after the game, we, you know, we, we came close and lost at the end, but afterwards you gave me one of those nods mm-hmm. afterwards and kind of, you know, it's like, Hey, he's not a dick. He's, yeah. he's not a, you know, and that's, it's hard, it's hard to find because I believe that so many men become victims of their competitiveness and they don't realize they don't mean to be that, but they're lost in the moment. And then all of a sudden they don't realize they're puffing their chest out bigger than it is, or they're making the moment bigger than it is. In the end, I feel like I always want to remind them that we're softball coaches. And so that, you know, Belichick and Brady are one thing, but you know, to, 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 to go back in the ASA or whatever the championship we won, it's really what we're doing in life service. It doesn't mean we're not competitive. We're extremely competitive, but that was an important um, time for me because I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I wouldn't have wanted a back door. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have wanted to go, not go to have to face the best uh, because you got a lot of education there. Yeah. And that was an important piece for me. And when I think about those teams and how we really were the team that had to prove itself at the time because you, that team that you guys had was freaking amazing. Yeah, but, but we went through that same thing in, when we played the athletics twice and when we lost those games. But I felt like competitively that group of players from the athletics had to do what they did to earn that respect. Mm-hmm. I didn't give those groups of player that group of players the respect I did. Even to like this day, when I follow what the players on those athletics team have done all the way to now and the yeah. Aubrey Murnos and what they've done, I didn't give them that credit back then. Yeah. And so it needs to be – it's part of that story as well because I, we needed to grow through that to get to a certain point. I look at kind of how it was a few years later when we played the athletics and even going through the line at the end of the game, yeah. it's almost like you wanted to tell yourself, mm, got beat by it, but we're the better team. And this, But actually, I respect the hell out of what they did. So it was an yeah. important part of the growth. And I think that's where where our tracks didn't go off and now we had just this this animosity like like you see a lot of times on the on the on the competitive field now the batbusters and firecrackers uh you know we had earned uh, enough respect to become a little bit of a rival but there was nothing like the panthers and the batbusters there no, was nothing was like different. the old days yeah. and we've done some podcasts <laughs> and stuff like that listening to you earlier about talking about uh gary calling you and pulling you uh you know up and you guys collaborating a little bit I never got that call from the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> gosh, that would have been. Different approach. I so think, Tony, all this stuff, you know, it, it all comes down to people, treating people with respect. And what, yeah. it, whether you're a trash man or a bricklayer or a banker, you, you, you need to work hard. You need to treat people well and treat people as you want to be treated. And, and the golden rule. And just, and just go through it. I, 
we, like you said, we play, we coach softball for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, and we have a good time doing it. We, there's a lot of influence we have on girls' lives about um, how we handle ourselves. I think it's always important to carry yourself a certain way and, and to do things. And I hope that that rubs off. I hope that somewhere down the line that, that affected how these kids are developed. I and and, and the, so someone goes, but, well, okay, here we got a clip of, of you, Mike, you and Tony, and, and look, it's not just softball in that moment. And then I would say, but look inside me. If you could feel in that moment when I'm bleeding to this, it's not about she needs to have a batting average or that we need to win that. No. It's, it's like she needs to understand this. I'm preparing her, and, and this is how we – impart things, how we get it across. So yeah, I've got a sledgehammer on this one. And this one over here, you just do that. And she remembers they're all different, you yeah. know, but that's, that's kind of the, the trick of coaching. I think the responsibilities that, that are in front of us right now are enormous and they're gigantic. And I love it because uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. And you just said it, you got to, it's putting our noses to the grind in a different way now. Uh, for me, maybe not for you. It's, it's not as many ground balls, but it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different type of grind. You're still doing a lot of that physical work, physical work. I feel this commitment to the industry. I feel the, the, the commitment to kind of the, the organizational things that we're doing. So, so now take me to, um, when did you expand and get into the building? When did the building come into place? Because that was we we're kind of in parallels with that, with the expansion of teaching and things like that. So, so if, if people would know what went into that, um, we opened sports training complex. We were supposed to open um, in August of two thousand seven. The city of Anaheim uh, was very difficult to work with. Um, um, trying to get the the engineering approved, we got everything approved, and then when we get to final, we could didn't they, they wouldn't sign off on it. We ended up sitting there for for three or four months um, without any income, um, trying to redesign the netting and do some of the things. And this is really something not, that you had wanted to do. This is something yeah, you I can felt tell you need. That, um, like what was the <clears throat> vision on that originally? Well, I can tell you how this came about. I was working um, with Steve McNee and Gary and and Ernie Parker and everybody down at USA. I had done some lessons um, a couple days a week. And my daughter was a freshman at Nevada. She had real bad tendonitis. And she, a, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Joan Bozel, was, uh, she ran a sports medicine institute. And I took Katie down there to have Joan look at her arm. And, and this was in, uh, you know, around the holidays, just after the holidays. And I, she's laying down there and Joan's working on her arm. Well, I looked next to her and Carson Palmer's laying on the table. And he had just had his knee blown out playing against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Everybody remembers that, how awful that was. But I looked at and I thought, wow, I mean, this is a legitimate operation here. I mean, um, one time I came back and um, I believe it was Johnny Damon was in there hitting in the cage. I thought. Oh, this is like they must this not is, be, they're not bad at what yeah, they do. There's exactly, a reason why they're here. Exactly. Right, right, right. Um, Joan had quite a, uh, a client base. Um, she was very exceptional at what she did. And they had a little tiny batting cage in the back. And, and, and so I thought, you know, and her daughters were coming up. They were like in 10 and under at the time or something like that. And, and they were coming. Up. I said, you know what? We had to look into opening a place. Well, we went, we started looking around. And um, lo and behold, a few months later, we, we lease a building over by Anaheim Stadium. Um, it became, you know, we, we made a lot of bad moves and um, how, how we built it. But here again, 
it was the foundation of what right what played right. out had to and and it had to we step had to go led to the it. next step right um we it was awful it was an awful building the roof leaked i used to stay up i used to oh my god i'd stay there when it was raining rough water pouring in the building and stuff like that but it was all part of the adventure to get to this point now did you did you go in with uh, it's cause pretty good sized building yeah it was just too big it was too big at the time it was too big but we thought that that you know everybody's going to come in no no, so no. marketing. Right, um, right, yeah, they right, think well, right. and and I hear you got the so water. There's people, the horses. Yeah, everybody's so many. <laughs> well, we're gonna open a batting cage. And we're gonna have training, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have a school, and the kids can do their homework. We're gonna there. build it, and they will come. Yeah, yeah. no, nope. they're nope. not gonna leave their instructors. No. Aren't gonna, right? no, they're not. They're not. And so what you have to do is define something different. And we that was a growing time. You know, I was with Gary. That was 2007, 2008, 2009. We had some um, incredible events. Um, going on there. The team was was doing good. We were going back and forth to Oklahoma City. Um, the the Bree Matthews uh, def, was, it set us back. I think that set Gary back. I think that was just a, a real odd time in, in our development. And then the, the economy was horrible. You know, it was, it was a struggle. It was just a real tough time. Um, I would work uh, seven days a week. I worked every day as long as I could. And then uh, Brittany Schutte, Brittany Shooty went to Florida, stinking hits me with a line drive. When I have two cages open, I'm trying to pay. Hits me with a line drive in the ribs, and so I have a oh, cracked rib, and I'm sitting there trying to pitch. And and she, it was a, it, the look on her face was like, oh my god, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but this is just another wrinkle in the thing that played out. But uh, we eventually um, got our wits about us. The lease was up, and we just stepped into a great situation where we're at now. The economy was at its bottom. Um, the uh, an opportunity to lease another building on the other side of the stadium came up where we currently are at, and, that, and in two thousand April two thousand ten. So now you're smarter in designing it. Um, much smarter. Um, you know, we were able to get like they gave you rent compensation. They wanted to move you, and, right. and it, it just it saved us. And um, tell me about your layout. So you have you have where your cages are, and yeah. then you have open space. So yes. what, so you wanted, and then you have a training that area. grew. That grew. We had a um, um, we had a. a when we started the business, EM was there. Um, Richard MacArthur and I. Richard built. Richard MacArthur mentioned that is, right. just helped me build everything. Mm-hmm. This guy mm-hmm. is uh, he's a friend for life, and and he been around a long helped, time. Yeah, and and he helped us put all this stuff together, all the the welding and all the things that we did. It was crazy, and it's it's changed dramatically from the first layout to almost every six to eight months, it adjusted again. Um, until three years ago, we added another 10,000 square feet to it. And when we did that, um, we took over the training aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And it, what is happening, Tony is it's evolving and it's, it's now, um, we have some trainers with dynamic athletics now with us that are changing the industry. What these guys are doing with the young ladies is, is, um, it's just completely next level. We have college coaches watching what we do, the development and the, the flexibility and pliability of what Stratton and Ethan are working with these kids on is so just who are the primary level. trainers? Who is the core of dynamic um, and, and what do you what do you really like about what they're doing? Ethan Weisrock is is the guy that that put the group together. Stratton Kim is um is he's the the bond of this thing. He is uh he is graduated from Cal State Fullerton. In fact he just got his master's this lap, a year ago. Um he is taking overhead sports and and the flexibility and the 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 strength and speed and agility of these young ladies and women um to a different level what he studies and he's he's becoming a a student of his craft 
Um, it's one thing, you know, I hear all the time, well, I go to a trainer here and I go to a trainer here and I'm thinking, you know, I have to bite my tongue. It's but like batting coaches. Yeah, yeah. I go to my batting coach here and I'm thinking, mm, okay, it's not like this guy. You have a relationship, but but what's the takeaway? What's it? Right, 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 he, right. He, it's complete buy-in. And what I watch is happening. I, I, got a, I got a young girl that's going to Oregon. She's a, a junior on my team. She she just deadlifted three hundred pounds. I mean, and, and these she's a second baseman. It, it's it what these guys are doing with these girls and their flexibility and their mobility and watching their footwork and some of the things they're doing. You would appreciate it because you constantly you see that some people don't look at the reality of what a person their move their movements. So what you're seeing that that separates it from um, another training type business yeah. is their how they're creating specific. Yes. Training exercises yeah. that are yeah. specific to softball. Uh, they're more creative. Flexibility, um, rotation, acceleration, fo- focusing acceleration on different parts of the body based on the flaws of their swing, taking video. Um, you know, technology is a big thing. We have the Blast people and the Diamond Connects people. All these people are bringing in, integrating different technology into our game. But if there's not the ability to advance the acceptance or the knowledge that's brought up from that technology, then it's just technology. Right, it's a waste right, of time. Right, right, right. It's, it's glamorous it, and people exactly. love to spend time with it, but in the yeah. end it sits in the same place. And what you have yes. is you know why it doesn't work or you know what it's supposed to be doing, but it's still sitting in the, the same key place. Is this, the word That's, I, I couldn't I couldn't exist yeah. if what we did just sat. Like it I just couldn't sits. I couldn't. No, yep. they would I'd be gone. Yep. Right. And what they do is they take the videos and they start looking at this and breaking it down and they can take the, the, the what these girls are doing and they can apply different drills and different thought processes to develop a, a, a leaner, stronger athlete. And now, they've been working with you for how long? Um, for a little over a year now. We okay. started them last so year. So you've really seen December. this kind of – so it's it's something Dramatic. that's new. So how would teams find and get access to um, – Dynamic Athletics, we have a website, um, and it's DA, Dynamic Athletics. Um, but our website, you can reach on there. You can reach Ethan through there. Um, you can sign up. It's uh, and and you know it, in our sport, you and I both know Tony. We deal with uh, thousands of families, and um, it's a burden. Half most of the families that we deal with have um, the the younger brother is playing soccer, the older sister is playing um, three kids swimming, and two parents volleyball. Um, it's it's crazy. Right. It's it's and I did it. I, I had four right. kids, and all doing different right. sports. Um, the financial burden on everybody is is extreme, and we have to be very cognizant of that. But what we have done is we've streamlined it to make it so reasonable to get them in there. Um, that so you're not charging what it's worth. You no. charge what you feel people can afford to get no. it and serve. So in the end, you know, again, when when. I, I suggest people try something once and then you make a decision. Just yeah. try it once. So you're yeah. not you're not being pulled in for a six yep. lesson package yep. or nothing. Do just just no. to taste it. And yeah. then if it's like I tell people if it's horrible, scream to everybody, it's horrible. Yeah. But once you taste this, give it a try. So yeah. the, so teams can go to the website and you want this. Yes. You want other organizations, you want teams to understand that that listen, that busters train there, but it's it's and this is part of this so yes. that the story can get out like yes. like give them a call and and then when they walk in they'll be surprised that look it's it's a place to train that we're about the industry we're not we take care of our organizations we're not here to pull you into the batbusters and pull you into the firecrackers come on in train your teams experience this because the bottom line is your kids are going to be better i'm proud of the fact that number 1 i when they you walk into sports training complex i never wear batbuster gear yeah um it, it because I don't want that to define me. Sports training complex is a separate business. It is 
it is the home of our store and all the stuff that we do. But when you walk outside, the only sign that you'll see of the Bat Busters is there's PGF banners from winning yeah. championships. Yeah. And there's a huge Sierra Romero uh, mural yeah. that that, yeah. uh, that was put up by uh, Dean Reedy Wilson yeah. that has a Bat Buster logo on it as well. Super important for the players to see that. Um, it's, it's, it's a home for softball athletes that want to reach a different level. Yeah. Um, and when, so no neon signs pulling everybody no, in. No, no. You remember the signage you saw on this building? Yeah, it's for basketball. No. Yeah, for basketball. Yeah, <laughs> the firecracker sign is to the where the apparel is next door. Well, because but people come here and go, oh, I didn't know. And I said, look, so we're not trying to pull you in. Like you, you got to find, you got to find us. Yeah, you're, you're comfortable who you are. Yeah. I, I don't have to worry about that stuff. And and people will think, well, you know, that's Mike's <clears> place, and they're going to recruit players, and they're going. That's just that's just so 1995. I just I'm over that. I don't worry about that stuff, and I can't stop. You know, if there's a 12 and under Batbuster team in there, and they see a, a gr- good player on a 12 and under um, SoCal Athletics team, they may they may I I, I can't watch. What, but what, with me, what coaches need to understand is that when you don't violate them, when you respect their space, they're more likely to give you a call later on absolutely down the because they love the <laughs> way. It's like we're telling our coaches, look, yeah. you're you're being an a hole yeah. in front of that that pitcher's family over there because they're beating you six nothing. When you don't understand that that family might have integrity and that family may call you because absolutely. of how you handled the loss uh, no because question. their winning coach doesn't know how to handle a loss. So exactly. you know that that's that's a much bigger picture. But I think that's a big point that that you know even with the firecracker relationship that everything takes nurturing, massaging, time. That nothing happens over tonight. But I love the fact that you're opening the doors and you know uh the the uh, we've had a couple of championship games where i had five students in the lineup of the other teams i've never called a pitch against a, a student of mine never I never never um to me jeopardize that that principle because that just doesn't make sense i'll tell you a story all. um in like uh i don't know 2008 or 9 something like that um my daughters were playing for nevada their first round game in regionals was against ucla the leadoff batter was Katie Schroeder, then Monica, then uh, Dre. Yeah, yeah, your um, team, right, my team, right, right. Gianna DeSalvatore, right, they're right, all our batter. Right, I've worked, right, I've, I've thrown right. ten thousand. What do you not know about him? Right. So Katie calls me up and she says, "Dad, wh- how do I pitch to him?" Uh, you guys figure Carefully. that out. <laughs> figure it out. You know, figure it out. That's yeah. you, you know. Um, so I never have gotten involved with, uh, you know, we've always had exceptional people that really focus on that. I don't get into that, Tony, yeah, yeah. Our, 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 being is more important than what happens. Well, and I think game. that's a good point that again, I want coaches to hear this because it's, it's you, when you don't realize that you've compromised things for what, for yeah. a player to yeah. be on your team yeah. and then those players are gone and now yeah. you don't have this relationship with this other coach. It's yeah. been around 20 years. Like yeah. you don't need to do that. Uh, Janelle Linville and Jessica Schultz, they were the two that I remember the most of, uh, if I was calling pitches in a game and I just did this little, that means like, look, you got this one. I'm not giving you nothing. Yeah. So, but just put my hat on. What yeah. do you see? What yeah. do you, uh, you know, I mean, it's basically observations and decisions anyways, but no, I'm not giving you anything. And, and Janelle would, it would make these remarks to me and, I, almost like I, I hate it and I love it the way yeah. you are. I hate it because we we'd want something, but I I really respect the fact that you're not because you wouldn't do that to me. And they'll remember team. that, yeah, that you're not another. That's team, what they'll that, remember. Yeah, the whole I, thing, I, I think so. that's important. So, um, boy, a lot of time in that building. If people only knew the time that you spend in there and kind of what it takes <laughs> to, to make that thing go. Yeah. And so now we roll up to the pride opportunity. Yeah. So, and you and I had, you know, we've had, just, I think there's a, a lot of great conversations, but uh, in hearing you, it's kind of like listening to you talk about this training. There's a, there's an excitement when you talk about it. So to me, it's like, listen, people, he's, there's something there, check yeah. it out. And now the pride opportunity was something that you had an, an opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like you, you needed to do it for different reasons, but tell me about that job, what it was for you, what, what you... Well, I, I can go back to the very first time I met the, the, the staff at USSA. Um, Jamie Loprise, Andrea Duran, Amber Freeman came to my facility. Um, all, mind you, players that I have coached. Um, Jamie, I had not. Obviously, she's from Texas. Mm-hmm. But um, all players that I have been able to coach um, a year or two down the road. Um, and they came in, and they were pride players at the time, and they spoke to me about the fact that the USSA was doing the World Fast Pitch Champ. They're going to do Elite Select. They're going to upgrade their – they want to put a second a championship level of fast pitch. And what impressed me immediately was, well, here are former players coming and talking to me about this. I I was just in awe that here's a giant – they're the largest operation in right. the world when the it comes to baseball, crazy, softball. Right. It is. But what they did is they were integrating former players back into the game. And so that was the first thing that caught my eye. And then all of the things that I have, all the communications that I've had up to even today are with former players, whether it's gladding, whether it's uh, from Andrew Duran. Um, you know, now I have uh, um, Courtney CEO. I deal with people that are former players. And when you deal with other organizations, that's not the case. Right. And, and it, it always impressed me how they were reaching back into our sport. And you made a comment to me a couple of years ago. I want these women to work from nine nine to five, not five to nine. Right. And I, I always remember that. Right. And I, and I think I, I, I took a lot of credence in that, that, okay, I'm dealing with these former players. So when they came in, we accepted, we went to, uh, Kansas city a couple of times and, and they were great tournaments and we did well. And at that time I got to meet Don DiDonatus and Don, it's funny, the perception of what people are, compared to what they actually right, are. Right. Um, this is one of the most friendly, family-oriented men I have ever met in my life. He's a grandpa. He is a truly a grandpa. Um, and uh, we started talking one day. We were out at, uh, at Cathedral City. This was probably three years ago. Um, we sat out in the outfield. We didn't need, we didn't go to a hotel conference room. We didn't do anything. We sat in the outfield and we're, you know, eating a hot dog or something, watching, watching games going on. And we just talked about softball. And I was talking to Don, you know, like we're watching games with Arizona and somebody playing. And I'm going, well, that, he goes, that girl played for you? Yeah, the Florida's playing. That girl played? Yeah, that was kind of. Yeah, you need to draw, you need to pick that girl right there. She's going to be good. And it's interesting because you're a guy like this as well. You, you, you don't have on the website the whole list of everything. So when people start no. to unfold the story, like what that and that, and that you know, yeah. like it's been yeah. there. You, you, listen, yep. do your do your due diligence. Like yeah. it's there. And then you're like, they're like, wow. So it, it was fun. And, and here I found just a guy that was that loved his softball team, the pride, and and loved what he had built, and he was passionate about building this up. Well, a, a year later, we're in the same situation, um, but there the pride is going to play. This was a year ago now. The pride's going to play um, at Cathedral City, and uh, Lonnie Alameda at that time uh, was coaching the team. And obviously, Florida State's involved with another tournament. They're not going to be there. They can't right. play. So he asked me, he said, would you coach the Pride at right. Cathedral remember City? Right. And I thought, well, sure. I remember the first person, there was two people I, I, I called. I called Tim Walton and I called uh, uh, Caitlin Lowe. And Caitlin just thought it was the best thing. He goes, man, this is going to be the best thing ever. You're yeah. going to enjoy it. And Tim said, you know, everything I've done with the, the USSA Pride has been above board. And ex- so That's I said, well, let's give it a shot. And... Um, I'll never forget. Uh, here we have our first day of pra- first day of practice is the day before the 
the thing started a year ago. And uh, we have just a light workout. And, you know, here I got Kaylani Ricketts. And Lauren Chamberlain was hurt at the time. She was there, but she she had surgery. She was unable to play. But all these great players um, are here, Kelly Kretschmann and and Sierra. And, of course, I knew Sierra and Chip. Um, we had not drafted Chip. We we got Chip through trade or something like that. But uh, Sierra was there, all these players. Um, I knew Andre Duran. And we just started working out. And and what what's interesting, all of our – trades there's a common knowledge it's it's common language you know you can you can go walking in any situation if you got people that want to work out then we we can go do anything with anybody um and they accepted the workout they did well Uh, we played japan and they just kill us our first game you know it was a tough game and the mpf the strike was your first game first game at the japan beats us i think like six to nothing or something like that and uh, little did I know, the MPF strike zone is the width of the batter's box, and in in college softball, it's the width of home plate. Um, and, and I found out why. If they called that strike zone in the MPF, somebody would die. Right. <laughs> the hitters are so good. Right. But um, the we got squeezed a little bit. I thought it was kind of a tough, but uh, uh, you know, Jolene Henderson pitched that game. One of the nicest people on the planet Earth. I, I, I can tell you by free, that. Free oh, spirit. She is just she is just a wonderful person. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyways, we, we run this team. So I, I actually took something out of the game, and I, I kind of sat back, and after the game, I called everybody over. And, and I'm thinking, let's see this travel ball guy. Yeah, here we these go. Pros. Right across, here we right, go. Right, Mike's right, going to get on a right, soapbox The post here. game. And, and I just said, hey, you know, let's start thinking about this in, a, in reality. What, what's going on? So we adjusted. We made some adjustments right. defensively, and we made some adjustments at the plate. We, I jumbled the order around. Um, I got to work with Kirsty Merritt, who is another great person on this planet. Um, great kid. Um, we just adjusted some things, and lo and behold, um, I, I'll never forget. I told Kirsty, I go, hey, "I'm going to have you bat leadoff," and she goes, I, "I it never worked for me." And I said, "I just think you're going to bat leadoff." So I bat her leadoff. She has like a seven pitch at bat and walks. Well, boom. Chelsea Goodacre gets a double. We we score a couple runs in the first inning, and we end up winning the second game. I think it was like seven to four or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we played them for a third time on Sunday. And one of the best games. It was very exciting. Tony, you could appreciate this. These are this was a world class game. It was really some good players um, going after each other. Their their center fielder is crazy good. Their third baseman, they're, they're Japan. It's, they're a great right. team. And. Um, I think we beat them like four to two. It was just a great game. It was a great softball game. And I thought, you know what? This is just softball. Right. It's a little better. Right. It's faster. The outfielders cover right. more ground. The right. pitchers can do more right. things. But you it's a softball it, game. Right. Right. And with things went well with the pride, with the players. I'll never forget uh, Megan Wiggins first looking at me, giving me kind of like the stink eye, like, who's this guy? You know, she was kind of cold. <laughs> now I communicate Respect with her. her. I, Go, look, I, I wouldn't want you to just give it to me. I got to earn it. Exactly. Right? Sure. And, and we did. And it was, uh, it, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Well, when we were at the NFCA a um, little while longer, Don actually asked me, he says, I, I want you to coach the pride next year. And it took it, a lot of move. There was a lot of moving parts in it right. based on, you know, I'm coaching the bat busters. Can't just I say yes and I'm go. not walking right. away from the bat busters. Right. And so what we did is I communicated with Tim and, and, uh, and we, we just figured something out to cover me. I had um, Cody Dent, who is just a just a phenomenal soul. He's just a good guy. And he he helped us coach, and he was on the Florida staff. And Andrea Duran, and they covered for the time I was with the Bat Busters, but I flew back and forth. Right. Um, and, and the one part, the main thing I took out of last season, 
was here is a travel ball coach coaching this wonderful team of talented professional athletes. The experience of winning the MPF championship and watching some of these people do their thing, Kalani Ricketts and 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 uh, Shelby Penley, these great players. But what what I my head was spinning. I remember we won Colorado on Fourth of July. We win at Colorado. I get on a plane and I fly to Florida. And in Florida, we're playing uh, China, and we had a, a walk off win. I, and it was a Fourth of July. There was like ten thousand people there. It was just really incredible uh, thing. And I'm sitting there, and I actually started I, – I don't get emotional about this stuff, but I was sitting there, my, my head's spinning. We just win Colorado. Great weekend. A kid, I, I fly here. We have a walk-off win. There's 8,000, 9,000 people screaming and yelling. I'm sitting there, man, I, what's going on here? This is yeah, crazy. The this experience. Is it's just a – Right. If right. – if, Who would have if, thought even – Fifteen years ago, the eight year, the eight hundred coach that got yeah, right, 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 right. Um, but it, it, uh, I just wish that at some point, everybody that at our level that's coaching all these guys and dads and people that are coaching softball, um, would get a chance to experience what I did in some way, shape, or form. I, I had not been to an MPF game until I went to the championship series back in Alabama because Jamie had the select 30 going on. I went back there and that, that was going on at the university of Alabama. The next year I went when it was at LSU, great games, watching some former players, watching things. But I, that was the only time I had been at games and here I'm coaching the pride. And it was the, the thought of Don, what he had put together in his, his just trust in me to do this and how they, maneuvered everything around to make it happen. I just wish more people at our level would get a chance to experience that. I wish that the MPF was more available to be seen by our level because it is such good softball. And it is such good softball played by such great women. It it is really a blast to deal with them. They are truly professionals. You know, you coached Lauren and, 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 uh, DeWitt and some of these kids that I got to, I, I call them kids and, and excuse right, me, right, ladies right, for calling right, them kids, right, but right. you guys still are kids right. actually to me. But when you get on the practice field and you see willing, strong-willed people that want to work and want more information, they want to learn more, they want to hear more. It's, it's not intimidating at all right. it, where people think, well, what did you tell Sierra Romero? What'd you tell Lauren? I, well, I, I, I coached them. I saw areas we talked they give you feedback the one thing our kids don't give is feedback right, you know right. they're they're so scared well, they have more ownership of their game at that. they own everything they're, they're independently training they know their they, body right, movements right. they know sure. what they're capable of doing it's at another all level. times it, it is and um i just i just wish that more people would get involved i wish there was more opportunity for the mpf to be seen yeah. on the west coast and and it just for more people to, to see i like it. the fact though that when you when you put it the way you did so so uh, i'm i'm a big ufc fan and yeah. I, I love after a great fight when the uh, fighter wins a championship something and and they're they they're doing it for others or yeah. they they express something to the crowd and all of a sudden you just feel this instant connection and and so when you know in that fighter's heart or in this coach's heart, and, and it's kind of funny even to use that word because people wouldn't think, which is why we're mm-hmm. doing this, is that and you're actually carrying the flag for a lot of coaches. For, yeah. for the coaches watching this to know that in your mind, when you're coaching pride, you're thinking of all the coaches that don't get an opportunity to do what you're doing. So for me, 
there's a little bit of piece of me in what you're doing. Uh, some of our unique coaching experiences and realizing that and the pinch, the poke, and mm-hmm. and here we are. Uh, uh, I, I got to experience losing to the Japan team nine to nothing at the Junior Worlds and then coming back and watching uh, the kind of the arrival of Lauren Hager and yeah. achieving the championship game and, and, and that experience. But you're not doing it for yourself. No. The flag means something completely different to me now in softball. It's yeah. always meant something different being a son of a soldier, but uh, behind you was the flag that was sitting in the dugout. And the reason that meant something to me is not because it was the American flag. At the beginning of the Junior World Tournament, the crowd didn't accept us. Yeah. The, the, the tsunami had just happened in, in Japan. Yeah. America's already looked at the, the way yeah. we were looked at. And I believe that we had to earn their respect. And that started with how we behaved in the hotel, how sure. we acted towards other teams. And we we got a round of applause after winning that I felt was an acknowledgement is like, no, we don't love you, yeah, but we can't hate you. But they tip And we hat. like you. Yeah. And that flag meant that to me because yeah. it was part of that whole experience. So I think that's important for other coaches because, you know, we do understand it. And to know that, <laughs> excuse me, that <clears throat> we're in a new day and an age. And, and there's a lot of exciting uh, coaches. There's a lot of exciting uh, instructors, some teams coming up doing things. And we're, we're in a new day and age. Mm-hmm. Uh, but experience, I'm ready to lend my experience. And I think we are. And we're going to talk about BBFC here in a second. Is to, uh, 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 you know, we're still trying to be very relevant. And it's not anything of the past. But that experience, you know, I, I, I'd want to be in a plane with a pilot that's f- flown through a lot of storms mm-hmm. and is comfortable with half the plane falling apart. And he doesn't freak out. And he's he's going to land the plane. And so offering that, Mike, I think is very, very important because I think it gives a different perspective from coaches that feel like when they see the intensity or they see the machine of the team winning, and then they think, you know, they think there's this space between them and the top. And really it's like the last trophy we won, I really felt it. I said, if I tell you this is a people's championship, it's because I'm thinking of all of you that are, that you're good people, but nobody will listen to you because you don't win. Yeah. So you're not an influencer. Yeah. But I listen to you. Yeah. And all of those people that are just like us, but they yep. don't win because they don't have this or that. And they're just people. So I think that's an important part of it. And I know that that the pride experience is very fulfilling for you and, you know, very there, healthy for you. There was something that happened that was very unique at, at the end when we were, we were playing the bandits. And and I won't get into details of the series. It went great. The kids, they, they played great. Um, and you would relate to this a little bit. So... Hallie Wilson's on my team, and and Hallie was has been a member of the Pride for several years, and little did I know at the time, I wasn't aware of this at the time, but she was going to retire, and I had no idea of this um, because they're very humble people. They're not going to like burden you with something right, that they right, had got right. going on. So, um, I, what I had done in in several instances is I would have Lauren was playing and I would bring Hallie in cause she was, she did such a good job at first base. Right. Um, I, I put her glove out there on right. defense cause you know, let's close this out. Right. And we're in a situation where, um, Hallie comes up and I put her in a game. We were winning a game three to nothing. Um, it was clear that uh, we were in good shape. They had threatened us a few times, but, uh, we get, it's, it's about the sixth inning and, uh, Lauren, uh, Hallie's spot comes back up in the, in the order. And we had a runner on third base and there was two outs and uh, Cody being just on top of everything. This guy's a note taker. He had everything down. So Hallie's spot comes up. She comes walking up on deck and I saw Cody come up to the top step and he was looking at me with his pen. He was going to like 
We're going to put Lauren back in the game here. We're going to enter Lauren back in the game. And I just, I don't know. There's no way to tell you why. Intuition. I just, and I'm thinking, well, I, I, and I'm, the one thing I did say, well, Lauren, if we don't need a sack fly here, and if she hits a home run, that right, great, right. which, you know, she could do. But I thought, you know, we're, it's three to nothing. Let's just let Hallie stay in the game. And I didn't know at the time that her family, everybody knew that her career was done. And I didn't know that. Mm. She comes up and hits a base hit in a left field and knocks in the fourth run. And she's standing at second base after sliding in. And you could just see the emotion just killing her. And I thought, like, what the heck happened? Wow. And little did I know, she came up and that was her last at bat as, as, a, as a softball player. Right. And I'll never, I'll never forget that. Right. And uh, you know, it's kind of cool. Jim coaches with me now, right. and we share these just these things that are very similar in our experiences. Right. Right. That it was something that I'll never forget. Right, just and that a culmination instant. of a of a long great career. I remember the first and, time I saw her at twelve, and yep. and one of the few players that from the very first. It's like that first impression, right? Yeah. And how many players really give you something on that first impression, even at twelve? Um, and to this day. There's there's probably two or three other players, but highest softball IQ yeah. that we've ever had. In this and this is that thing. These guys, everybody gets so involved in our sport, and they look at the pro game. The pro game is very similar to what we deal with. It's better. It's faster. Right, it's right, stronger. Right. All those intangibles. But nonetheless, there's still an emotional tie between players and coaches, right. and we know each other, and there has to be that bond. And I go back to what we said earlier. It all comes down to how you treat people. Right. You know? Be be somebody that's up front. Good players want to be coached, and right. they want to be coached hard, and right. they want structure. And that's the big thing. Tim told me, man, Mike, they want structure. Don't don't be scared to set something right. up, and because they're going right. to grind in it, right. and they did. And I thank Don again for allowing me to put the structure in play, right. and those players responded to right. it. Right, right. So really so cool. now you're balancing everything out, and you're going to have another busy summer. <laughs> yep, yep. We're going to do it again. Right. Yep. But a yeah. year into it, so yeah. Well, now I know everybody. I've actually gotten text messages, you know, I've uh, to Delaney Gurley and and some of the players, and, and it's just it's just a unique difference right. now because I, I know them all. Right, right. And, and Jamie know. Low Price is is um, she's stand up. Yep, yeah, she's on it. She's uh, and we're doing a bunch of things with training aspect, and this will be coming out in the future. We're going to work on some training platforms with USSA. Um, and we're excited for our sport for that. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, there's a lot, a lot of great things coming. So, so you and I started having conversations. It was a few years ago, and we started meeting for lunch. Yeah. And it's kind of the, the kind of the parallels of the positions that we we're in. And yeah. I, I think I remember you telling me, "Look, we, it's not a lot of people we can relate to, and the, yeah. the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis." So yeah. we started meeting uh, uh, occasionally and started talking about some things, and I'll call it synergy or whatever. Yeah. And there was just things just kind of fell in place. So we started thinking about responsibilities. Yeah. And and it's because it's not that you know people want to know well bat lester firecracker what do you yeah. what's your agenda what are yeah. you gonna you know and we can kind of mind, we, can, we can mind screw a lot yeah. of people and but this is a good opportunity for me to to kind of enlighten people about what it is that we're doing there's there's no specific project in front of us nope there's no agenda for personal glory uh there is an agenda but that agenda is to help organizations and to help the sport yeah you know but there's 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 none of this stuff that you've that so many people are dealing with where they can't trust a motive or this or that and and so BBFC is is not just going to be limited to our organizations but there's I want people to know there's nothing in front of us that we have we are just two people that we know that if we kind of align things we can we can make things better yes. and so it was it was a fun first year 
Well, and it culminated when we were in in Florida, and and just so everybody knows, that event is going down again this year. Yeah. We explain we uh, plan on expanding it and and making it more enjoyable. But uh, I I really hope that the teams that didn't go reach out to these other teams that went and find out how things yeah. went. It was I mean a, that's how it's going it to work. When somebody goes to Disneyland and it's a great time, they tell people. And yeah. I mean that's that's really the key to the event. It's not creating a condition where people feel obligated or anything. If somebody attended something and they had a great time. They're going to tell people a restaurant, a movie, or anything like that. And so, just the fact that we thought out of the box and we created some different things yeah. for people to to experience. And I think anything because it's it's like teams, organizations. Nothing happens overnight. Instant gratification doesn't take place. So if I if I say, look, we executed about seventy percent of what we'd really like to. I think that's a great first try because there's always going to be things that we need to do better. But and, and but to, to for it to feel good enough to make that commitment for you to go back to Florida, which is something you're doing a lot already, um, and if for it to be worth our time, you know, uh, I'm super excited about it. The and, home run, and like derby. I say, the home run, <laughs> to walk in that whole thing, and, and just the learning curve. But like yeah. I say, starting with with working with with uh, Jamie and and really like a lot of our partnerships and relationships we have, it's it's because of the type of people we're working with, exactly, and the result is is a result of the process. We look at the process of, of what we're doing, but there's no uh, agenda. We've got some ideas. I, I love when, so when we did our SoCal event yeah. and you came up to me, I think it was on Sunday and, and you, you, you reminded me of how much money we were saving our teams yeah. and it was a pretty astronomical number. And most of our teams don't, will not realize how much we save them yeah. and they don't need to, but that's something that's important to us is, is, is we're trying to offset costs. So if you if you see, I mean, everything's the cost of doing business. There's margins, and I mean, not just business and, and capitalism. That's what happens. But when you really see that Mike and Tony are out to to kind of corner something, and you know, hey, out us on that. But really take a look at what it is that we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And some people need to see other people try it first. Yeah. So keep an eye on those people that are trying stuff. Yeah. And then some people like to try something first and say it was a good or it wasn't good. Yeah. But if you're those people, come and check out our events because we've we've the the pulse on the industry I think is important and we have an ability to create balance. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a big part of what we want to do. Well, that event in October was um, obviously um, the Alistairs were involved. We had on deck measurements there. We had a camp setting. Um, we had game setting. Um, we're going to expand on it this year. We're going to try and figure out a way to make that a little bit more of a separate event because it was so important for the exposure for all right. the kids. Right. We had for Batbusters and Firecrackers. Exactly. The, the the mega event was important to initially. Yes, but the. The, the focus on um, on all of our players, not just our top 1%. Right. The, it was, it Who was d- different. They, do, they need a special type of attention because exactly. they are the, that product, yeah. and there needs to be time when they understand they have that, but it really is collectively. There's no um, – everything's inclusive yes. you know, with the organization. And that's what was cool. You had everybody involved. So we plan on expanding upon that and, and making a little bit more focus, and I'm anxious to get um, the schools involved. When they, you know, we'll, we'll get the eyes on the kids. Plus – it's just the ability for everybody to realize when we play these games, it, we're just softball coaches and we just want to enjoy it. 
because yeah. you don't get to do this forever. Right. Um, some of the coaches are going to be done when their kids are done. They move on. They may do this for three or four or five, ten years, and they move on. These are events that you grow from, and it's right. not meant to be uh, – there's no battle lines drawn. It's something that people need to experience, and I think it's good for our sport. Well, we purposely do our December event you know, in a non-recruiting time so, yes. so that – because the reality is if there's one coach in the stands, that will change the mindset and behavior of, yeah. of people that haven't been educated on how to experience this. So then now all that – Anxiety it's goes only to the kids about and, the kids. And this really, we called it the experience in Florida, and it really yeah. was. It was the, the number one takeaway in mental imagery was walking into the stadium and watching Megan Wiggins on her like 35th home run in the, yeah. in the batting practice. Yeah. I mean, balls I think they just, wore themselves You know, out. if you had one of those, uh, <laughs> the tracker deals and just saw the lines of all the batting practice. So, so you know, quickly kind of paint the picture. We, we did a SoCal event where we had a camp, a doubleheader, some game involvement, and it was a big event. Then we did Florida where we had a, um, Batbuster Firecracker teams, and then we ran games plus a skills contest. So we did uh, uh, bases, we did a home run contest, we did throwing distance. Yeah. Uh, we had the little dizzy bat deal with the yeah. coaches kind of running around, and, and it was just different. Only thing we didn't prepare for was that SEC championship game uh, that night. We had we had thirteen we had a lot Georgia, of Georgia games, teams, yes. and uh, they were there watching that. But yeah. that's you know all part of the learning curve. But that was a lot of fun. One of the things I noticed walking through, and this is when I visited uh, the complex earlier in the year, is it seems like uh, Don or somebody's a pretty big. Sports fan. There's a lot of memorabilia in the, yeah. in the office. Some pretty yes. cool stuff in there. Well, Don's a Yankee fan. Um, it's a fan to say the least. Um, he, he has uh, he has some incredible um, yeah. collectibles there. Yeah. He's also a Michigan guy, so he's a Tom Brady fan. He's got some incredible. He's just uh, he, here again. He's a grandpa and all these all these little trinkets around. It just it just tells you who he is. He just so loves the sport and the and the competition. And um, you can see he's still in touch with the child. Oh, yeah. Him, and oh, that's, yes. a, I think, a challenge for yep. all of us to be yep. able to, right? Yep. Yeah. And and Donnie now is 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 running things. And and Donnie's little son, D, he, you know, I'm trying to make him a Dodger fan and a Patriots fan, but he, he he's uh, – he's, they're down there. But it's it just it, – when you go down there, you're all in. It's just right. there's no right. – um, uh, Don's wife made me feel at home. I, I could I, – I mean, I don't have a key to their house, but I'm sure if I knocked on the door, I'd be let in. <laughs> I, I'm on quick to, to, to jump. Well, no, I would never jump out of a plane, but I'm pretty quick to exit. Something doesn't feel right. I'm out. Why are yeah. we doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, give me a reason to not be here. I, I don't want to go. I, I, and a lot of people know this about me. I, I loved everything about our trip. I, yep. thought, I just thought I thought it was great, and I can't wait to get back at it this year. Yep. Last topic uh, we want to talk about is... Um, well, to, to finish the BBFC, more exciting things coming up. We're going to get creative. We have our 12 and unders kind of in our yes. target. So to kind of work on some development yes. things, uh, we've got recruiting needs to, to meet, different things like that. So uh, keep your eye on bbfc.com. Check it every now and then, once every couple of weeks. And you're going to surprise you with something coming yeah. on, but we're constantly working on that stuff. Uh, the health and wellness um, uh, committee that we're we're part yes. of and more so you know hey winning championships uh, star players all americans and and there's a responsibility to the uh, the emotional wellness of our players so yeah. batbusters and firecrackers have now experienced two mutual uh, common early deaths of players that have been in, in both organizations. So hits home a little bit more to us than uh, most people but just in general the concern, and I hate to tell people, sometimes we have to scare you. The reality of something like this happening where yeah. a young person takes their life. But it's not that, we again, we exactly know exactly what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Being on this committee with Sue, and she is 
I mean, everyone knows she's amazing with yeah. her energy and everything else, but we've got some responsibilities. So what, what have the Batbusters done? Where are you guys at with this? Uh, we're, we're still kind of figuring some things out, but we're, we're definitely rolling the ball a little bit. We are as well. And this is, this is a touchy subject. So it's not something, it's not like saying we're going to go uh, do a recruiting camp and just everybody's all in and let's go do right. it. Well, we're talking about mental health and, and, and the, the stigma that around, surrounds this and trying to uh, get people to understand. And, and as you know, I've learned a lot from Sue, but also um, Casey Cooper, Dr. Cooper's on this, uh, the, the, uh, the committee that we, the ad hoc committee that we're working together on. And so much information comes across um, that even though I don't respond to everything that comes through right. the group. We're watching. I watch sure. everything. Right, right. Sure, we know what's going and, on. And I try, to, I try to pick the things that I think are relevant to our organization as a whole and what needs to be filtered to them um, in, the, in the fashion that it does. And so far, so good. I think that we, um, we're to the point now where we have eliminated the dirty word. We have eliminated the fact that it's a, it's a stigma that is ugly. We have now, we are understanding that it's a part of our society. And I think that we're starting to crack the fact that this is a topic that needs to be discussed. Um, it, and I think that this is going to take a long time. It's not something you want to push on people, but it's a subject that needs to be approached as we go through this. We have a responsibility to make sure people know it's aware and it's out there. And um, I think as the leaders of our organizations that we have a responsibility to make sure our coaches understand this. Um, it may lead to something far larger and it may lead to somebody potentially saving somebody's life. I don't want to blow things in proportion, but Reality, it could. So I think we have a responsibility to make sure the coaches are aware of what we're doing, how we're doing it, and the resources that we're in contact with. I mentioned experience earlier. You know, what is that voice of experience, a veteran ball player to the, the first year guy in the, in the big leagues or in mm -hmm. the NFL, the veteran soldier to the, the rookie soldier. Yeah. So the veteran coach to those young dads, yeah. the veteran coach to those young coaches, that this all goes back to, to let's say you have that intense dynamic component and you're a yeller and you're this or that, but you yep. have a responsibility to make sure those kids understand, yep. you know, where you're coming from. So, so that relationship is our responsibility. Um, I think it's really important because we, we don't want this to no longer be an after the fact type of things, you know, right. so much of this is preventative. Um, I actually just had my first, uh, uh, coach mentioned to me that uh, a player on his team used the text number yeah. and that the kid is getting help right now. And the parents didn't have any idea that she was having problems. And so they're, and if it's only one and that's it, and we did it's one, they it. use the text number. So there's a text yeah. number on our website at seven, four, one, seven, four, one. And we ask our players to put that in their phones because you never know in your loneliest time. And that's the thing is that when they don't have an outlet, the, the number one takeaway that I, I, where I'm at right now in understanding depression and, and, and suicide is that that escape clause of it, death isn't what they want. It's how they get out of, they can't do this anymore. Yeah. But to realize that there are people, that there are coping uh, strategies and mechanisms that you can cope with what you have, that you can live a healthy life and you can have balance to yep. things. And that, that hope, because that is coming from people that have depression, that have uh, had suicidal tendencies and then have now had the help. So it's not like, hey, let's, put some spackle over it and see how long we can cover it up and until something snaps again. But there really is some good, and there's so much uh, investment right now for with people learning and trying to get educated, but it's still a process. And, and I always feel like when an event like that happens, 
all the awareness is heightened. Everybody wants to make everything happen in three weeks. And then it goes away. It goes away. And yeah. I said, you know, I'd rather just the steady thing of yeah. make sure it's in our dialogue. But that's something that, that again, I'm, I'm, I like working arm in arm with good people that are trying to do the right things. Mm-hmm. Not a promise that we're going to have all the answers, but we're working for those answers. So that's something that's important. And, and I, I want our families and our organizations to realize that that's something that we're, that we're working towards. We're so. surrounded by perfectionists. <laughs> we, yeah. um, that's the biggest thing I've learned in all this stuff. And, uh, and with the, the doctor's help and, 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 and Hawk, um, I'm going to learn more. You know, I was just a dumb old coach. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff is new to me. You know, um, we have, Mike, best. we have, we have, you people ask why, you know, white people umpire, white people coach or, yeah. you know, but this is our purpose and we love what we do. Yeah. And, and I feel for all the people that provide, but they don't have a purpose. And yeah. so they're living through other people or they're living for the weekend. So the yeah. fact that we've done now we're, 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 uh, I'd say fulfilling the responsibilities that come with this, but the fact that we love what we do and we really are fortunate and I really like this creativity. So the unknown of the frontier, uh, you and I, um, I'll just throw this one out there. We're kind of going to be kind of like Lewis and Clark. We're going to go out there and we're going to, we're going to explore some stuff, but we're really all, all for the intent of, of making the softball world a better place. And I, I want people to understand that. So, um, all right, we're going to, we're going to finish this with what we call some kind of some, some fun podcast questions. So I'm just going to, these are real simple answers. So if I was to ask you like your favorite sports star growing up, so who was your idol? Who did you, was there someone you, you, uh, emulated posters, anything you would have got their autograph? Who was your, I had so many because I was, you know, I was a typical kid back then. I played football to basketball. basketball, Right. So we did it. Right, right, right. right. So who was, okay. So let's start with baseball. Um, I was always a Dodger fan. um, And even though Drysdale and Koufax were a little bit before when I was really understanding um, of baseball, um, they were still iconic to me. Um, I think that, uh, so what about something about Koufax or Drysdale and their mentality or so Drysdale well, was D- Drysdale. Hit one of mine, I hit two of yours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny trying to instill that in pitchers now. I mean, the, the plate is yours to own, not, yeah. not yeah. for the batter to yeah. own. Yeah. And that mentality is, I know that it's frowned upon in many aspects, but, but you imposing have your will is, is extremely important. And it's a tricky this. thing to teach because to of, this. you know, now you're a bully, yeah. but, but that, you know, and Koufax was the every game's a perfect game. Yes. When I lose that, it's the no hitter. When yeah. I lose that, it's the shutout. Yeah. When I lose that, it's the win. Yeah. Right. But uh, I grew up in an era when, when uh, you know, the Dodgers were real good with uh, Steve Garvey, Ron Say, and Bill Russell, and 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 Davey Lopeson, and, and, and obviously enough, Mike Sosha came in that. But they they were such a unit. Yeah. Um, and and I always I always tended to draw towards. The, the group, the units, the people that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right, they had right. a, a core group of guys. Right. They, they, their core group of guys right. got this stuff done. And, right. and, um, it, it's just that stuff, it transcends time. The grouping right. of people that, you know, the Patriots are the same way. They, this grouping of guys, um, right. th- that it, it just, you can plug in different pieces all the time, but that's not your typical of people, experience. It's right. just, it, right. And I think that's what I draw to more than individual great players, I think. Um, right. you know, the traditional, uh, these empires, some of the things that I, my mom used to always, we watched USC games and back then John McKay would, they, they would have these, these strong groupings of people. Right. Um, those are traditional rivalries sure, and sure. traditional strengths. And sure. those are things I always stuck to. Remember the, uh, I, 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 I 
recall it as the greatest play I've ever seen when Joe Ferguson's uh, stepped in front of Jimmy. The throw Ryan, against the A's. Front, the catcher yeah. went to center field. Yeah. And World it wasn't, and he stepped in front. I'm yeah. going to make this play. Yeah. So I tell people, I go, that's the kind of asshole I was. Exactly. I, I, I wasn't about the glory. I was about, look, we have to make this play and you can't do it. So I'm going to do totally it for I you. I remember that like it was yesterday. I guess <laughs> right? Old, I mean, that was, and you go back and, and you watch that. Mike, he puts that on the, I mean, right on the mark. Like he, it was, it was series, a, right? it was a perfect yeah. strike. Now it would be yeah, obstruction. No. Yeah. Now yeah. it would have been denied. Yeah. Pete Rose wouldn't have a place in today's Silly game. Stuff. So, yeah. uh, basketball. Um, never, you know, I, I grew up, uh, a Laker fan, obviously. And, and I was an adult when Magic Johnson was doing his thing. Um, there's obviously Michael Jordan considered the best basketball player ever and, and all these guys now. Nobody lit up a building like Magic Johnson did. Nobody did. And, and dribbling people, down the court, it, it, it walking in a room right. and he still does it today. Right. Has a guy ever touched anything that has not been successful? Right. Right. And and the the minute I found out he was in the, the group that bought the Dodgers, I'm thinking, whew, thank God. Here Forget we go. Forget about that. Here we go. Yeah. 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 You know, they've been in two World Series since yeah. then. So he's gotta have something in the voice. So whether he understands business structure, the way this whole, you know, but my gosh, I'm but here I, again, I, I, Tony, I, I think when he's now back with the Lakers and just, you know, he treats people well. Yeah. He knows how to make people feel yeah. good. And yeah. and and that that's a, a such an important part of this. But uh and and you know, um being Having uh, an association with the Brady family, with Maya and and my relationship with Mo, and being able to observe what has happened in New England the past uh, 18, 19 years is, to me, one of the most astounding sports stories ever. Sure. Not that I'm biased, um, and I am, but nonetheless, if, and people hate to, you know, they hate New England. They say they cheated. That's all BS. It just comes with, look, it comes with anybody that's winning over and over. Exactly. And, and, but what they have done is beyond great. It's beyond the realm of what exceptionalism is. Yeah. It's a different level. Yeah. I mean, he's making. Nobody's thinking nine. No. Nobody's thinking. No. Le- even he said that. I would never no. would have imagined. No. Right. And uh, so those are things that I, I pay attention to in my own quiet way. I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm not a talkative person outside of my realm on right. the softball right. field. I kind of stick to myself. Um, I was, was there anybody this- in basketball that you would, you would emulate their shot when you're shooting. In the oh no, there. shit! I couldn't shoot, so I. <laughs> I used to think I was Gail Goodrich or someone like that. So yeah, um, Jamal Wilkes, the twenty foot layup. That's so you kind of answered this one: uh, Lakers or Celtics? Oh, Lakers. Yeah, Lakers, yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. answered this one already too. I, yeah. But I knew the answer on this one: Patriots or Rams? Yeah, Patriots. Were you a Rams fan growing up? Um, I was until Georgia Frontieri killed her husband. Oh and God! I, then I'm. You Thank know, you. Yeah, I, uh, I I I couldn't couldn't deal with that anymore. So I know I wasn't the only displaced. I'm not going to go into this. Uh, I, I'm yeah. I've got issues. So I was mad when they left, and at my my my. My buddy told me you're going to be sorry when they come back and we go to the Super Bowl and we're having a Super I, I Bowl. I got to party. tell you something. So I flew from Chicago um, home and I got home in the third quarter and I walk into LAX and you would have no idea that the the rant it was on the TV, but it wasn't a big deal. If that was the Lakers playing in the NBA Finals, yeah. not one person would have been at a gate. They yeah. would have been at the TVs. Yeah. The the LA has not bought the Rams yeah. yet. They would have had to have won. Yeah. And then next year, yeah, yeah, we're calling front. They runners, haven't but, bought in. Right. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the Patriot fans have been at their sixth parade yesterday, and there was, you know, it was just a packed deal. It was a crazy day. The so, highlight uh, I saw was the video of Patriot fans beating up Patriot fans. It was yeah. like, look, they're so bored, they're beating it's, each other up. It's, it's, uh, it's just a, it, it's an incredible uh, 
confluence of several things, Kraft and Belichick and Brady, um, but it'll never be matched. Yeah. As you get into that tap test, the athletes, yeah, uh, athletes we're going to and, and yeah. look into that. That's, that's some sight. Cause then you, you, there's a little insight to Belichick's kind of the system that he looks for and yeah. it's not just the physical he's yeah. he's checking boxes yes, based he on is. how they're how they're <laughs> testing so yes. that's another conversation but that's that's something that i think is really important uh so when mike stith is driving home after a game how what's your usual drive so usually by yourself now yes right okay yep. so do you turn on talk radio do you not listen to anything no, I listen you to review music. Re- so i listen to music so you're not you're not going over no. situations you know no. it's done Nope, I'm thinking about going home, usually doing yard work, um, having dinner with my wife. Um, we walk every Sunday night. Um, I think about my granddaughters. I love it. Um, I completely check out. From, I love it. I don't, I don't. Uh, make a note. No, a, I stop I at Starbucks um, and, and get on the freeway and I go home and work in the yard, ease my mind and uh, think about having dinner with Deanna. And then, you know, usually on Sunday nights, I get a FaceTime call from my granddaughters and my daughter and. Outstanding. Um, that's what we do. How many grandkids? I have two grandkids. The two grandkids. Yep. And one just born. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. yeah. So in, pl- in plenty of other stuff to think about. Yeah. Well, good for oh, you. Oh, much, much more. Yeah. I think and a lot of people would be surprised to hear that. But that's the perspective, Tony, that people want to know. Well, like, and I can use this past season, you lose in the, the PGF championship game. Um, and I don't know how you can relate to this. When I lost, I, I felt bad to lose. But it ended right there. But you and you were we we did what we could do. Yeah. I, I walked away thinking we did everything we could do. We just you know we our mistake was losing the first game, and so I look back on that. But it, it, I, I've learned now that what we do is important to those people there. You don't want to shortchange your team, and and but trying to teach them that softball can't define you. Yeah. Who you are yeah, defines absolutely. you, and and make be a good softball player. Sure. But there's so many other things that will define you, and make that be the one that everybody remembers. Yeah. Twice for us, it was on the last play. Yeah. So I tell people, look, you're 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 going over things afterwards. You go, okay, so so we make the play, so we make the out. Yeah. We're that much better than that, you know. It was, and and so no, the story wouldn't have been like, oh, we're the greatest. Like, okay, no. So, so a nine nothing, you're clearly above everybody else. Yeah. But it's but it was there was a weird satisfaction, and it's not. It's hard to explain because not many people will ever experience it, but it's a different type of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the respect is still there. You didn't change on the food chain. Uh, the outcome was, was what it was on either side of it. You're on this side or that side, but ultimately there, it's a different type of win. So no, I, I get that. Cause I was there a couple of times yeah. and, and I tell people it was, it's almost like I had to experience that to realize that the team was no less great. They, they, didn't have that last little piece, but my God, that's it, it wasn't this feeling of like, you know, it, it just didn't come away. So yep. yeah, I relate to that. Um, all right. So it's your birthday and you get to pick any meal that you want. Are you guys going out to a sushi. restaurant or so you're going out? Oh yeah. That might be yeah. the first thing I don't like about you. Wow, sushi. sushi. So we're never doing but that for see, lunch. But we, we, um, we, we eat at home a lot. My wife cooks when we're obviously we work night time, so we're not able to do this as that that often. But um, Deanna cooks all the time, so Sunday nights we're always at home, always at home. Um, if it was my birthday, because we're see it's different, Tony, because my response is we're at home a lot. Yeah. So I, we'll we'll go. And if we're playing on my birthday, it's not like we're doing yeah, anything anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, and usually right. I'm home. Last year I was in Florida on my birthday, so. So is there you know. good sushi and bad sushi? Can you tell instantly, or is it just well, all, to me it's all. 
coaching with Jim Wilson, uh, who is he knows a little fish. bit about he fish. Knows about fish. Um, I've learned a lot about sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I didn't get much of a. Yeah, you know, how was that? Um, all right, here's one for you. First, first concert you ever went to? Um, oh, this, might, this could be interesting. Uh, probably sticks. Sticks. Yeah, back in and I went to I went and saw him a couple weeks ago in Anaheim. All but right. uh, I saw him in like 1978 or 70, like 78. Like at the Forum or something? Um, or at okay. the Forum, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and then uh, I saw Jackson Brown and Neil Young several times when wow. I was young. Saw Led Zeppelin, saw Van Halen when they were, you know, in the Thrive. Um, great bands. You just want to put bands. the cool scale with a lot of guys out there right there. Are you kidding me? That's, Shit, that, man. That's, that, that's, that's that was huge. classic. I love it. Uh, growing up, um, did you – so? Your parents' influence, did you have any rebellion in you growing up? No. Pretty boom, not, no, never had no. the long hair, nothing like no. that. No, it's just no. always pretty. No, okay. I so was. There, so there wasn't a, there's not going to be a picture of you at 15 and we're going to go, damn, look at that. When I was growing up, I wanted to play football at St. Paul. I grew up to fit that and I lived it and, yeah. you know, that's what Shit. I wanted to do. Shit, that's so. pretty awesome. All right, last one. Most embarrassing childhood moment. Hmm. Could be school, could be sports field, could be something at home. I, I can tell mind. you some interesting stories that yeah. things that I look back on now that were that were important, but most embarrassing. I I, I don't know. I can tell people stories like um, I've used this story before. My dad, my first glove was a was a McGregor, and back then the McGregor gloves were the best, and they probably still are. Yeah. But um, um, I used to have um, uh, who was the sign? Uh, there was a, a classic glove that my my dad handed down to me, and um, I. Went to my first practice in eight and under, and it was Series Elementary School. And, you know, I get done with practice, and we going home. We're eating dinner, and Dad says, you know, did the glove work out okay? Like, yeah, it was great. He goes, where is it? Um, it's in my room. Um, uh, he already knew. You sure? He knew because I left my bag. My, you know, we didn't have bat bags and stuff then. We just I had my stuff was left in the, the room that we had there. And he goes, where would you go find a glove? Rico Petrocelli yeah, was, yeah. was this. From Boston. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. trying to think of it. But anyways, so I'll never forget. It, it had already gotten dark. So we drive back down to the school, and my dad parked the car with the headlights on, shining over the grass, and he says, go get the, go find the glove. And he sat in the car reading the paper while I was – it took me like an hour, and I found that glove. Yeah. And, and I, I sit there, and I watch today. I got to watch kids come in there. Like, I, I own a training facility. My, my bat – my – the the lost and found is full of gloves and jackets, right. brand new jackets. Right. I'm thinking, right. are you kidding me? They never come back and look for it. They never catchers right. that leave their catchers bags. Right. Like, right. are you kidding me? Right. And and I and so that I'm one of those guys that you that, that glove. You better take care of that glove. That glove needs to not leave your side. Yeah. It's it's going to be your main tool. Yeah. And I learned at a very young age. Those are kind of the things that. Um, was it embarrassing? Yeah. Was it embarrassing for me personally? It was a teaching moment. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Well, here it's, it's where are the scissors? Seek yeah. and thou shalt find. Yeah. And they'll look at me and they go, but they go, everything's so unorganized. I go, they yeah. think like an unorganized person. <laughs> so it's not going to be where you think it would. Yeah. So think of the last person that an unorganized person would have used the scissors and start there. And, yeah. and, and eventually, and the parents will be in here and they'll be like, you got this. I go, just watch. I go, yeah. 
Yeah. You have to understand, I go, these dads that talk to their kids about batting through their senior year, I go, yeah. these kids go, can't find their dorm room exactly. when you drop them off. I go, so all of this stuff is later on, there's less problems in the coach's office because they, they know how to find things, they know how yeah. to set up a camp, they know how to like lock something after they go in it. You know, Figure it out. It's little stuff like that. It's all yeah. live training. So, uh, Gosh, Mike, this, this, this uh, went a little longer because there's just a lot of good stuff to talk about. So, uh, listen, we'll, we're going to do this again. We'll yep. Figure a few months we'll come again. You and I we are going to add more people into the group. And, 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 some and, yeah, and look forward to some people out of the Batbuster Firecracker camp that will pull in and, and make this. We've got a bigger table in another room if we need yeah. to open up the room a little bit. But really appreciate you coming out. Uh, My pleasure. Listen, people, ignore what we're doing. Um, you know, don't pay attention. Check on it. Uh, but if you're smart, just keep your eye open. And like I said, we're really working for the sport, and it's been a pleasure. So I appreciate you coming in. And uh, it was great. Looking for as always. The future. And right. we're not merging. We're not doing anything like that. We're, we're going to do some great Shh. things together. We're going to cover that. We're going <laughs> to provide more opportunities for the families and get them more involved That's in our it. sport. So keep so. your eye on it. Yep. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it, Tony. bud. You All bet. right, take care. Okay.